Hello, Tigers. Hey, a quick note. Uh, this is Finn from the Gothic Dreadful Theater 3000 show. This is our first show that we have done on Zoom, and it is a colossal failure. Luckily, um, I used to work in the Department of Redundancy Department at the Super Duper Center for Super Duper Studies, and um, so we were fairly redundant. Um, what you're going to be listening to today, should you choose to take that that dreadful step, is essentially the master track from Jennifer Moody's H4 recording device. So it sounds terrible. There are skips, but it's the best we were able to do because the slight lags in the telephone systems and the fact that all of the recording devices recorded the entire conversation instead of just our parts in it make it so that we all sound like Cylons from the old Battlestar Galactica from 1978 when it still sucked. Anyway, that said... Uh, the content is first class. It's just that it sounds terrible. Anyway, thanks. We're happy to be back, even in such an inauspicious beginning. And um, we should have these problems solved by the next episode. So we look forward to that. See ya. As I was walking on London Street one misty morning early, I heard a fair young maiden cry, Lord, save me the life of Georgie. Hello, Tigers! Welcome to episode 6 of GDT3K, Gothic Dreadful Theater 3000, a new-ish podcast in which twice a month we take the campiest, juiciest, most melodramatic stories in the history of the universe and give them the full MST3K treatment. Our usual torrent of high-quality blather was tragically interrupted for several months by the attack of the killer COVID-19 monster. Tragically. There was much hunkering down to be done, and, and all this weird remote stuff wasn't going to learn to do itself, right? But now, we're back and more obnoxious than ever. Today, as usual, I'm joined by community journalist and world-famous 11th Beatle, Jennifer Moody, and by Finn J.D. John, principal at Pulplet Productions, who is better known by his A.K.A. Bruce Wayne, (laughs) and I am Christopher Jerome, sardine oil supplier to Big Cat Rescue in Tampa and owner of Dark Tidings Press. We need to do a whole feature about that sometime, that that work of yours. Chapter 17 of Vardy the Vampire or The Feast of Blood by James Malcolm Reimer and or Thomas Prescott Press. This is going to be a short one, Um, but we're meeting over a Zoom link and expecting to spend most of the evening in all of the aged Amontillado solving technical problems. Uh, Yeah, and I'm already going to go ding because you said vampire and that's going to be my drinking phrase. So we're drinking right now. (laughs) So, yeah, we're going to be super lucky if we even get chapter 17 done tonight. Uh, More likely, it's going to be 40 minutes of creative cussing and swearing. Yes, indeed. Backing up those frequent flyer miles on the old purgatory card. Uh, Here's what we're doing in case you're a new listener, and if you are, God help you. As you listen, you'll notice we're playing the actual audiobook narration of the chapters in the left channel, and on the right you'll hear us making sarcastic wisecracks about it. If we get on your nerves, feel free to pan over to the left and enjoy the story. A quick look at the the mixer here, making sure I'm panned left and not right. Yes, that's 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 right. Your other left. (laughs) But to make this more fun... Left or our left? uh, Yeah, uh, um... (laughs) <laughs> left a uh, To make this more fun, we have a cask of Amontillado that we're working out of, or rather, we did. We used to have these giant silver goblets that we filled with aged Amontillado, and each of us... Oh, I have them all. 
Okay, yeah, you, you, the problem is they're all over at Finn's house. So instead, yeah. we have other uh, libations of choice. But and anyway, we need them. We, we need them, and you probably do too. We recommend you go get one right now. Anyway, each of us has picked a phrase that we're going to listen for, and when we hear it, it's our responsibility to ding our dinger, and everybody has to drink, which we have already done thus once yes. already. And you should definitely play along, by the way. Um, my phrase for the episode is going to be anything involving um, God whenever the characters invoke the Almighty, whenever they're uh, surprised or shocked. My phrase, of course, my stock phrase is hideous, or hideous, rather, but I'm augmenting it with um, every time someone tells Flora to hush, uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ding. Um Better get a big drink, listeners. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> now, now, you guys may remember, um, and, and Jen, your 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 drink your drinking phrase is vampire. Vampire, yes, of right. which there are but several. That one didn't count. That one didn't count. Yeah. Okay. Um, you guys may remember <clears throat> if you have a super long-winded memory for like three or four months at a time that the last chapter ended with a with a cliffhanger. Flora Bannerworth clinging to her boyfriend, Charlie, Charles, and shrieking, the vampire, the vampire, because that esteemed gentleman had just strolled in the front door of the summer house and interrupted their little canoodling session. And if that's not neighborly, I would like to know what is. Oh, I have a canoodling story for another time. <laughs> Dear. <laughs> is it neighborly? <laughs> no, actually, it was a, a gentleman on our honeymoon when we were at a show in Disney World. I kissed my wife on the cheek and then he tapped us on the shoulder and said, no canoodling. And then bragged to his wife that he broke up teenagers making out when we wow. were freshly married in our twenties. And it was certainly not, uh, not canoodling, but anyway, <laughs> show him some canoodling. It'll put some hair back on his head. Sounds yes, absolutely. <laughs> I sure told those whippersnappers. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, um, you know what? Before we get started, I want to mention <clears throat> some of the previous episodes didn't age super well, um, you know, like three months ago before this COVID-19 thing got really serious. Um, we made several lighthearted remarks about things that have in the past three months turned really serious. I'm talking about calling the, the, the novel coronavirus balonavirus. That may not strike you as especially funny if you are uh, or if you or a loved one has fought it off or tried to fight it off. And there were a couple of wisecracky references to hashtag undead lives matter and stuff like that, which we all thought were witty and funny until two weeks ago when every racist piece of shit in the country started using stuff like that to attack the Black Lives Matter movement. So anyway, this here is a full-throated apology for our insensitivity, if you can call it that. And you can definitely expect us to not make any more jokes along those lines. And also, in case anybody's confused on this point, Black Lives Matter and anybody disagrees with that uh, sentiment should immediately um, just go ahead and fuck right off, okay? Motion seconded. <laughs> All right. So that said, let's, uh, let's, let's get started. I shall push the green button, the magic button, and we'll... Chapter 17. Oh, yes, it worked. Explanation. Can you guys hear this? It's faint, but yes. The scene of confusion and some of its results. <laughs> So sudden and so utterly unexpected a cry of alarm from Flora at such a time might well have the effect of astounding the nerves of anyone, and no one 
Charles was for a few seconds absolutely petrified and almost unable to think. Mechanically, then, he turned his eyes toward the right. door of the summer so, house. So, I have a problem. There he saw a tall, thin uh -oh. man, rather um, elegantly dressed. I have a minor technical difficulty. I don't have my script. Um, so I'm going to go get it and I'll just, like, you want to start back together. Okay. Can you guys hear? Yeah, I can. Yeah. you guys hear that, that? Okay, good. Well, now I can't hear it. I think he stopped it to get up. All right. Oh. Um, let's, uh, take two. All okay. Right. Okay. Chapter 17, The Explanation, The Arrival of the Admiral at the House, The Scene of Confusion, and Some of Its Results. I love how the chapter titles are just a really poor synopsis. So sudden, well, not all, it's like he kept trying to write it, and then, no, not that. The, well, not that either. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> have the effect of astounding the nerves of anyone, and no wonder that Charles was, for a few seconds, absolutely petrified and almost unable to think. No one. Hey, when that happens, he yeah. to the door of the summer house, and there he saw a tall, thin man, rather elegantly dressed, whose countenance, certainly in its wonderful resemblance to the portrait of the panel, might well appall anyone. The stranger stood in the irresolute <laughs> attitude on the threshold of the summer house of one who did not wish to intrude. Don't invite him in. Before Charles Holland could summon any words to his head or think of freeing himself from the clinging grasp of Flora, which was wound round him, the stranger How do you knew wind the grasp around your side. Maybe she's joking. But she said, <laughs> Yoga. I very much fear that I am an intruder here. Oh, not at all. Allow me to offer my warmest apologies and to assure, sir, and you, madam, that I had no idea that anyone was in the arbor. You perceive sure. the rain is falling smartly, and I made towards here, seeing it was likely to shelter me from the shower. <laughs> we know what rain These means as a movie, though. Such a portly <laughs> tone uh -oh. that they might well have become any drawing room in the kingdom. I wonder what drawing rooms can talk. Kept her eyes <laughs> fixed upon him during the utterance of these words, and as she possibly clutched the arm of Charles, she kept on whispering, Oh, boy. The vampire. The vampire. <laughs> added the stranger in the same bland terms that I have been the cause of some alarm to the young Captain lady. Captain Obvious. Yeah, think. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Charles de Flora. Release me. I will follow him at once. He's not going anywhere, though. I'm going to follow him. Do not leave me. The vampire. The dreadful vampire. Do the double. Oh, Make it a double. <laughs> it speaks again. That's some world-class shade casting there. It speaks. It. <laughs> The fact is... Oh, Ben, you missed the hush, hush, hush. That's a triple. Oh, triple! To Mr. Henry Bannister. All right. Continued the stranger. Oh, man. And finally, the garden gate open. I came in with us. Except my apologies. In the name of God, uh -huh. who are you? Oh. God! Said Charles. Oh, there we go. Somebody's ding or ding. Yes, that was yours. You're the Sir Francis Farney <laughs> residing close by who bears so fearful a resemblance to... Pray go on, sir. I am all attention. To a portrait here. 
The vampire. No, no, no. You, you can't. You you can't say it. Did incidentally mention something of incidentally. It's a most singular. Oh, he's not allowed to look at the portrait. The sound of approaching footsteps was now plainly heard, <laughs> and in a few moments, Henry and George, along with Mr. Marchdale, reached. The George is still in the picture. Their appearance showed that they had made haste, and Henry at once exclaimed, "We heard, or fancied we heard, a cry of alarm. You did hear it." said Charles Holland. Do you know this gentleman? It is Sir Francis Varney. Indeed. Varney bowed to the newcomers and was altogether as much at his ease as everyone else seemed quite contrary. <laughs> Even Charles Holland found the difficulty of going up to such a well-bred gentlemanly man and saying, Sir, we believe you to be a vampire, to be almost, <laughs> if not, insurmountable. Inconceivable! It, he thought, but I will watch him. Victorian era problems. <laughs> Does he? Does he? Oh, take me away, Charles. Hush, Flora. Hush. Hush. Two of them. The accidental resemblance should not make us be rude to this. You've got a butterfly on my hand and go, is this gaslighting? Yeah. Two two more vampires, by the way. I'm going to need a drink in a minute. I'm running out of beer. Do me, take down. I cannot. I am quite sure. Take me from his hideous presence. Oh, hideous! <laughs> that, by the way, is a line. That's an awesome line. Take me from his hideous presence. <laughs> I mean, use that at my next staff meeting. Yeah. No, no, God, no! Cried Flora. Madam, I will not press you. All right. Wait a minute. Now, why is he calling her madam? She's pretty obviously not married. Right. Interesting. Plot law. I wonder if um, Victorian listeners would notice that and think that she having been visited by the vampire that she's like somehow married to him That's or what whatever. I'm yeah. Maybe. But, uh, interesting. Which is a much creepier construct than I initially thought of. Well, and also he, in theory, doesn't know this. So. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing a good <laughs> job of acting. Yeah, or, or or he's making the, or, or if that is the undertone, then he's making the case right there, going, oh, oh, oh I know you very well, dear. Mm-hmm. We're Charles, married. Your blood. Yeah. <laughs> God. Hmm. All right, let's turn this back on. I had to stop it at that one. <laughs> Charles led Flora from the summer house towards the hall. Flora, he said, I am bewildered. I know not what to think. I'm getting that thirsty, Charles. Tell her a hush. Being fashioned after the portrait which is on the panel in the room you formerly occupied, or it has been painted from him. He is my midnight visitor, exclaimed Flora. Visitor. Vampire. Nope. Thanks. Not gonna gaslight me, bitches. No. Good God. What can we do? I don't Good know. God. I am really distracted. Oh, because we take two common phrases. Oh, oh man. We're in so much trouble. No, no, we're good. Yeah, we're so lucky we're not doing three chapters tonight. It's a point game. Place a watch on him. Oh, it is terrible to meet him here. He is so wonderfully anxious, too, to possess the hall. He is. He is. He's just buying the whole hall to get his pain back. Whole affair. <laughs> the he just doesn't like confrontation. And that is for your own safety. Right. Can I be assured of that? I can relate. Most Sorry. certainly. So go to your mother now. Here we are, you see, fairly within doors. Go to your mother, dear Flora, and keep yourself quiet. That's close enough. That's close enough. Yep. Judgment that I left him. And we'll talk man to man about how crazy the ladies are. <laughs> <laughs> you will not 
let him approach the house here alone? I will not. Oh, that the Almighty should allow... The Almighty! Oh, ah! I got I got one more swallow here. One full of sand. They should just rename her Hush Flora. Hush Flora. Hush. Oh, okay. I'm I'm out. That all we have to go upon in this matter. I need a new drink. Be right back. Accidental. But leave it all to me, and be assured that now I have some clues to this affair, I will not lose sight or of Sir Francis Varney. All right. I just paused the playback. Yeah, no, not done. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had the actual Amontillado. I've got a good IPA, but it's it's not the same. <laughs> They've got, the only place that has it is, is uh, Fred Meyer. Over by campus. And, and I, yeah, because I can't find it at the Fred Meyer in Albany. Mm. I looked. Well, that's super lame. Yeah. Oh! Yeah, okay. Um, hmm. <laughs> oh, yikes. Scanning ahead, there is a lot more of our. <laughs> no, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're in, we're in some trouble here. <laughs> yes. Oh man. <clears throat> That's all. Almost one moment. So, what are you writing, Chris? Um, actually, so during the time when I was home, I was working on a bunch of short stories to. Um, Put together like a collection of short fiction that ties into the trilogy before the last yeah. book comes out. And I've got most of those done, um, but then I took a little bit of a break and been focusing a lot more on Discordia, uh, mm. just because we're gonna. Patrick and I have been releasing some more chapters to Webtoon, and we're gonna probably launch a Kickstarter for this little zero issue anthology of our shorts uh, in like two months. Right on. Um, so that's kind of been my focus, doing world building for that as well. I had a map commission that was pretty awesome um, by an actual professional like cartographer, and that required me to actually world build out this whole continent because I couldn't just... <laughs> I needed to have enough information for him to make the map, and I didn't have that in yeah. my head yet. I had a rough idea of what the continent was like, so now I've got every country's got distinguishing features and landmarks and... Nice. Yeah, that's kind of been my focus. Um, I've got... I wrote a script for Sam. Oh, for Sam. Okay, right on. Yeah. Yeah, because he did... uh, I don't know if you saw, he did like a little pin-up for us of one of our characters. Um, (laughs) I didn't see that. I gotta find it. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, And then we're gonna revise the script I came up with and then have him do like a guest issue as like a winter special type thing um, after we've launched this little intro issue, so. Cool. Yeah. All right. All right, I'm back. That should okay. be good for at least um, a couple more hushes. <laughs> like, okay, let's see, where were we at? Um, well, I'll just push the green button and we'll find out. Yep. So saying, Charles surrendered Flora to the care of their mother. And then was hastening back to the summer house. She surrenders her because she has no agency of her own. For the yes. each moment of <laughs> intensity. 
More rain, oh no, remarked Sir Francis Varney, with a half bow and a smile to Charles. Allow me, said Henry, to introduce you, Mr. Holland, to our neighbor, Sir Francis Varney. Charles felt himself. they warned him about George's meth lab in the basement. regarded Varney, but there was no avoiding, without such brutal rudeness as was inconsistent with all his pursuits and habits, replying in something like the same strain to the extreme courtly politeness of the supposed vampire. Good thing I got a drink. At least he's a polite vampire. I can do no more than watch him closely. Oh, I don't know. I think he can do some more than that. But to be a man of general and information he talked fluently and pleasantly upon all sorts of topics and notwithstanding he could not but have heard what flora had said of him he asked no question whatever upon that subject why would he, he ask questions about that as regarded the matter <laughs> he gets that all the time he could answer some maybe man charles felt told much against yeah these guys just hate for a moment that after all <laughs> yeah. it might really be true Maybe is Flora's he, not a liar. Oh, my God. Are there vampires? And is this oh. man a fashion? Just a quickly talented, educated gentleman. One. It was a perfectly hideous question. Oh, oh. Mm. Yeah, hideous. situated here, remarked Barney, as after his... Oh, we have a guest star. Hi, Ken. place has been much esteemed, said Henry, for its picturesque beauties of scenery. And well, maybe... I trust, Mr. Holland, that the young lady is much better. She is, sir, said Charles. I was not honored by an introduction. Oh, I wonder why not. Yeah. He <laughs> spoke to his extraordinary guest with an air of hilarity. Hilarious. My fault for not producing you to my sister. <laughs> and that was your sister. That well, was sir, your was sister. Rather pale, I thought. I wonder why. <laughs> Not a lot of blood in her cheeks. Quid, Alex. What a lovely sister you have. It'd be a shame if something were to happen to her. <laughs> it has. You allude to the supposed visitor of a vampire, said Charles, as he fixed his eyes upon Barney's face. Yeah. Keep your cup up. To the supposed appearance of the supposed vampire. There we are. The princess is going to be a great White House spokesman, I think. The alleged allegations are allegedly false. Fake vampire news. Excuse me. I'll just be hiding in the bushes here. Charles. This has made him familiar to such cross questioning. It appeared now. Yeah, he gets that all the time. To Henry, that he had said something at Varney's own house, which should have prevented him from coming to the hall. Didn't we like make a lot. deal? We scarcely. Like, you won't come to your house. Your company, to my house, and I'll sell it to you. Yeah, I am aware of that. But you aroused my curiosity. You mentioned to me that there was a portrait here, amazingly like me. Did I? Indeed, you did. See, or how could I know? I wanted to see if the resemblance was so perfect. Did you hear, sir? Added Henry, that my sister was alarmed at your likeness to the portrait. No, really. <laughs> you walk in, and we will talk more at large. Oh, we invited him in! Dang it! Henry! Flap, 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 flap! Compared with the brilliancy of the court existence. That's just not how it works on Perry Mason, I gotta tell you. Next, he's gonna go down in the creepy basement and... Why we should not be good friends and often interchange such civilities as make up the amenities of existence. 
and which in the country more particularly are valuable. Henry could not be hypocrite enough to assent to this, but still, under the present aspect of affairs, it was impossible to return any but a civil reply. The power of the Oswards. Oh, yes, yes, of course, most certainly. <laughs> my time is very much occupied, and my sister and mother see no company. Oh, no. How wrong? Yeah, your sister saw <laughs> some company, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if anything more than another tends to <sighs> harmonize individuals, it is the society of that fairer half of the creation which we love for their very foibles. Oh, how generous. I am attached to the softer sex, to young persons of health. I'm attached literally by the teeth. You have to pry me off. Superficial veins and all his loveliness and life. I mix. Love the mix. (laughs) Unconsciously escaped his lips. As as sometimes happens. The expression. Yes, that all the time. He had been on the very happiest terms with Sir Francis is really a world-class troll. Will you follow me at once yeah. to the chamber where the portrait hangs, said Henry. Or will you partake of some refreshment first? Oh, I already did that. No refreshment, <laughs> said Varney. Oh, oh, is Flora back? This is a time of the day at which I never do take in. Yeah, no, I do that at night. Once a day, every day, all day he looked and having walked up which is why it's going to be so much fun when the admiral shows up and making a remark none of that is going to work anymore just wheels his cannon it is indeed said Charles if I stand beside it thus said Varney, placing himself in a favorable attitude for comparing the two faces. Yep. I dare say you will be more struck with the likeness than before. You Almost know? as if he already so knew it. Yeah. Was it but the same light fell upon his face as that under which the painter had executed the portrait that all started back a step or two. You're dazzled. Some artists remarked you know, the sparkling. We're missing the real story here. Who is this uh, guy who painted this? He must be really good. <laughs> yeah, we got the lead buried here. I'm the original really situated. I cannot stand this, said Charles to Henry. I must question him further. As you please, but do not insult him. Oh, why not? We already have. He is beneath my roof now, and after all, it is... This is... The second hinges stepped forward. Once again, confronting Varney with an earnest gaze, he said, Do you know, sir, that Miss Vanoweth declares the vampire she fancies to have visited her to be, in features, the exact counterpart of this portrait? Does she indeed? Oh, wait, there was a vampire. Yeah, I got it. (laughs) Perhaps then that accounts for her thinking that I am the vampire. There's another one. Because I bear a strong resemblance to the portrait. I should not be surprised, said Charles. How very odd. (laughs) I like your voice, Finn, for this guy. Yeah. The idea Ha ha. Ah. If I ever go I'll wait, I'll wait, because there's another one coming. I certainly assume the character of a vampire. There we go. cosplay, dude. I say now, I should make quite a sensation. Hmm. I am certain you would. Do you not think, gentlemen, that Sir Francis Varney would enact the character to the very life? I think oh, you would do oh, it so I'll well. take that one. Without much <laughs> difficulty, yep. really imagine him a vampire. Another one. Oh, oh, bravo. Oh. Bravo. 
said Varney, as he gently folded his hands together with that genteel applause that may be indulged even in a box at the opera itself. <laughs> That's <laughs> quite the sentence. to see that the person's enthusiastic. He pulls out his little <laughs> mini gloves. <laughs> his little mini binoculars. Yes. Quite the things on a stick. This was, Charles thought, the very height and heavenly of impudence. Look at the look at that person in scene forty-three B. Oh, look at that! As for Henry George, I may have to fly down there during the aria between Sir Francis and Charles in They feared to diminish the effect of anything Charles might say by adding a word of their own, and likewise they did not wish to lose one observation that might come from the lips of Varney. In other words, there Charles appeared to have no idea what to do. Is no secret to anyone here. None whatever, said Henry. Then perhaps I am too early in asking you if you have made up your mind. I have scarcely certainly had time to think. Well, dude, I said I that I would do it if you would stay away from my house, and here you are, so... Yeah. <laughs> you seem anxious to possess the hall, remarked Mr. Marchdale to Varney. I am. Is it new to you? <laughs> New to you? Perhaps a hundred years ago? May I ask how long ago that was? said Charles Holland, rather abruptly. I do not recollect my enthusiastic young friend, said Barney. How old are you? Just about twenty-one. You are, then, for your age, quite a model of discretion. Ooh. It would have been oh. difficult because I was human nature <laughs> to have decided whether this was said truthfully or ironically. So Charles mm. made no reply to it, whatever. Well, that's safe, Charles. Trust, <laughs> said Henry, we shall induce you, as this is your first visit, Sir Francis Varney, to the hall to partake of something. Not true. Hmm? Well, yeah. a cup of wine is at your service. <laughs> Red. Mm. Put garlic in the wine. See what happens. There you go. Means one of the showiest rooms of the house was from the exquisite carving with which it abounded. Much more to the taste than anyone who possessed an accurate judgment. Thicker than water, at least. And Charles took an opportunity of whispering to ordered. Notice well if he drinks. I will. Do you see that beneath his coat there is a raised place, as if his arm was bound up? I do. There, then, was where the bullet from the pistol fired by oh, Flora when we were at the church. Oh, come on, you see if he yells. She was getting into a dreadful state of excitement, Charles. Oh, hush, for God's sake, hush. Well, they're not hushing Flora. Does this still count? Oh, all right. I don't know. It has to be Flora. It has to be Flora. Okay. Good, because there's like five hushes left. Oh, you shall see how calm I will be. Oh, yeah. For friendship's sake be so, I have noticed that his eyes flash upon yours with no friendly feeling. Oh, we, oh, we got a heavens in there. Yeah, yeah. I'll take that. Thanks. Watch him. I will. Gentlemen, all. Said Sir Francis Viney in such soft, dulcet tones that oh, it was yes, quite a fascination tones. to hear him speak. <laughs> Gentlemen, all. Being as I am, 
much delighted with your company. Do not accuse me of presumption if I drink now, poor drinker that I am, to our future merry meetings. Uh, merry we will be, and lively too. And seem to drink. <clears throat> After which she replaced the glass upon the table. Like ten paces with pistols, I'm Mary. It was still full. He didn't You've drink. Drunk, Sir Francis Hardy. Yeah. Go, yeah. oh, Charles. Enthusiastic gotcha. Sir. <laughs> Perhaps you will have the liberality to allow me to take my wine how I please Ooh. and when I please. Mm. Yeah, you can your glass your is shut, Henry. <laughs> will you drink it? Not at any man's bidding, most certainly. He knows there's garlic with in it. The fair Flora Bannerworth <laughs> would grace the board with her sweet presence. <laughs> Who thinks I could then drink on? Uh huh. That's just as welcome in its place, but pray hear me out, sir, if it suits your lofty courtesy to do so. Oh, certainly. And I say we believe, as far as human judgment has a right to go, that a vampire has been here. Ding! Go on. It's interesting. <laughs> I always was a lover of the wild and the wonderful. We have, too, continued Charles, some reason to believe that you are the man. Oh, we're getting down to it! He tapped his forehead and glanced at Henry and said, Oh dear, I did not know. You should have told me he was a little wrong about the brain. I might have quarreled with the lad. Wrong about the brain. Mother. What do Sir Francis Bannerworth? Oh, be calm, be calm. I defy you to your teeth, sir. No, God, no, your teeth. Oh, teeth. Poor lad. You are a cowardly demon, and here I swear to devote myself to your destruction. You go, Charles. Oh, yeah. laying it out there. Himself up to his full height, and that was immense, as he said to Henry. I pray you, Mr. Bannerworth, since I am thus grievously insulted beneath your roof, to tell oh. me if your friend here be mad or sane. He's not mad. <laughs> yeah, I can't so, argue. Yeah, it shall be mine. In the name of my person, <laughs> he's a pretty mad. In the name of Sir Francis Barney, I defy We're all him. mad here. <laughs> Sir Francis, in spite of his impenetrable calmness, there's some moved, as he said. I have endured insult sufficient. I will endure no more. If there are weapons at hand... Ah, my young friend, an idea. interrupted Mr. Marchdale, stepping between the excited men, is carried away by his feelings and knows not what he says. You will look upon it in that light, Sir Francis. We need no interference, exclaimed Varney, his hitherto bland voice changing to one of fury. The hot-blooded fool wishes to fight, and he shall. To the death, to the death. Mm. And I say he shall not, exclaimed Mr. Marchdale, taking Henry by the arm. George, you are turning to the young man. Assist me in persuading your brother to leave the room. <laughs> Conceive the agony of your mother and sister if anything should happen to him. Conceive it. Varney smiled with a devilish sneer as he listened to these words. And then he said, <laughs> as you will, as you will, there will be plenty of time and perhaps better opportunity, gentlemen. I bid you good and with provoking coolness. Good day, sir. The door and quitted the room. 
Well, came here, said Mr. Majdi. It's about damn time. I follow him and I see said he quit Sir Francis. That's right. <laughs> he yeah. did so. Yeah. And the young man in the window <laughs> still Sir Francis. He wasn't He's a vampire, not an otter. And then saw Mr. Majdi <laughs> following his... While they were thus occupied, a tremendous ringing came at the gate, but their attention was so riveted to what was passing in the garden that they paid not the least attention to it. Well, that went quick. Well, that's a wrap for this week's edition of GDT3K, the Gothic Dreadful Theater 3000 show. This podcast is by Pulplet Productions in collaboration with Dark Tidings Press. For details or to browse our, our respective catalogs, hit us up at darktidingspress.com and pulp-loot.com. Um, speaking of which, Pulplet pulp pulp has a new title out. Um, Good. Judy Dabbitt's um, The Packet Dancer. So, yeah, check that out. Sweet. And uh, Dark Tidings Press has <clears throat> some new um, installments of our free horror comic Discordia on Webtoon. If you go to discordiacomic.net, you will be able to uh, get a link taking you there and uh, hopefully encouraging you to come back and back us for the Kickstarter in a couple months. <laughs> this podcast is covered by... A Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial 4.0 International License, except for the theme music, which is used by permission. Speaking of which, our theme music is a traditional English ballad called Georgie by $4 Shoe, an old-time mountain music fiddle band out of Seattle. And there's more where that came from at $4shoe.com. That's numeral $4 Shoe, all one word, dot com. It for tonight's episode of the Gothic Dreadful Theater 3000 Podcast Tigers, and we will be back with more cartoons in two weeks. I, I shouldn't say that out loud because Kent, well, I don't know if Kent is watching Saturday morning cartoons yet or not, but he's watching it, Netflix anytime cartoons. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so until then, go forth and fill up the rest of your day with dreadful stuff. That's Bye, good. Man. I like that. All right. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs>